Hello everyone, just before we really get into the show here, I wanted to preface something real quick. That being that when you look into the description of this episode, there's a link saying that you can send in a voice message if you want to, you know, have your voice out there on the show. If you have something to say, whether it be a question or even a comment, feel free to drop a voice message and you might get featured in one of our episodes here. There's also a Q&A and a poll down there as well. So go and check those out if you have any interest. Anyways, let's get into the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Closet Cast, the podcast that I used to do in my closet, but not anymore, as I am on what is the more permanent home of the recording of this podcast, that being a corner of my bedroom. Um, there used to not be too, too much space here, but I moved some things around, put down two chairs, have a little bookcase here. My desk is right here. Um, you can see a little bit of the clutter on it, but it gets a lot worse the deeper down you go. So thank God you can't really see the clutter because it's not great whatsoever. So anyways, today's a solo episode. As you can see, I got both cameras on me, probably for the, not probably, for, for the first time on this podcast. And we'll see if it's going to be the only time or not. But yeah, I, I've wanted to do a solo episode for a little bit. Um, I didn't really know if I was going to do one this soon into things, but um, I was going to have a guest on and then his time, it first seemed like it was going to match up and then it didn't. That guest being Thomas, the guy who I was saying was going to come on at the end of the podcast with Seiji last time, but, um, our times just didn't match up where I was going to do one with him like Saturday afternoon or something. Um, and he was free at first, but then something came up. So he couldn't do anything that afternoon. So we are rescheduling and we'll probably be having his episode air in a couple of weeks. Now, anyways, this episode, I do want to cover a few things that are on the heavier side, you know, um, things, things that I've wanted to talk about on this podcast, but don't necessarily know how to talk about them with a guest on the podcast. Um, so those are a few things. Those are, um, I want to talk about my personal coming out story. So as something that not all the listeners know, I don't know if all the listeners know or not, I am bisexual. Um, and that's something I was not open about for a very, very long time. And I feel like as, somebody who's going through that questioning, coming out phase, whatnot, it's good to kind of get all these different stories of how people came out. And I I want to tell mine, you know, I want to just put mine out there that way. If somebody is questioning or if somebody just kind of wants to understand how people come out or like what's the process behind it almost like how do you know um you're whatever like i i kind of want to go through that a little bit um i also i want to talk about i want to talk about drugs <laughs> um, um i'm laughing at it because it's funny just because like I didn't think that that would be something that I'd talk about on this podcast, but there were a few, like, there have been a couple of times where friends of mine who have been a little younger will, like, go to me and they'll be like, hey, Logan, what do I do about, like, drugs? You know, like, what should I do if I'm at something and they're around, um, like, whatever, and I feel like that that's a very good question. I'm not the best person to answer that at all, but I mean, I might as well put my answer 
to that question on the podcast. And then the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, or other two things I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about kind of what to look for on a college tour as I've actually just come back from two college tours. I, uh, yesterday at like four o'clock, I left my home in uh, Connecticut and drove about four hours to Ithaca, um, in New York, stayed at a hotel there overnight toward Ithaca college, um, toward Ithaca college this morning at nine, then drove there from, uh, well, toward, toward the college, then left my tour (laughs) to go in toward the communications building. Um, and I'll go into that story later on and then left Ithaca, um, left, left that toward Syracuse and then toward the Syracuse communications building and then drove home. So I've, I've had a long day of driving or like the past 30 hours, I think like a quarter of it, I did the math or something like a quarter of it, at least I've spent driving and I don't want to complain about it too much because I am grateful to be able to drive right now, like with how expensive gas is and whatnot, like to be able to go and drive all the way up to Ithaca, then Syracuse, and then all the way back to where I live, given gas prices right now is a blessing to be able to do that and be completely financially comfortable with doing that. It's a fucking blessing. And, um, I'm really happy I was able to do that and able to tour these schools. Um, so I don't want to complain too much, but God, it is a lot of driving. My legs feel very funky. Um, and my stomach does not feel too great. I don't know what it was that I ate. I think it might've been a Philly cheesesteak and it was good too. It was a good Philly cheesesteak. Uh, but I don't know, apparently there's something funky in it because my stomach is not feeling great right now. I want to die, but I know if I just lie down, it's still going to feel this awful. So I might as well record a podcast and do something that's kind of productive, you know? So anyways, oh, and then the last thing I want to talk about, I want to make this last because Obviously, I don't want to make this podcast about movies, but that's something I'm very interested in anyways. So I want to talk about movies. And um, so I want to talk about Nope and Bullet Train, two movies that I saw a couple of days ago. And I want to make an actual YouTube video about them, but I just don't have the time to really do that. So like go and edit a YouTube video and then edit a podcast for this week. That's just I, I don't have time for that. So I'm just going to notch it on at the end of the podcast. And if you want to stay and listen to it, go for it. If you have absolutely no interest, please do not listen to any of it. I don't want to like anyone sitting through stuff that they're not interested in. So um, without further ado, let's start with, um, well, we'll start with drugs. (laughs) I don't know why I feel like it's funny. Um... I just feel like drugs, you know, it's, it's just like funny. I did not think I'd talk about this kind of stuff in my podcast. So that's why the whole thing's funny to me. Um, then we'll talk about college. Then we'll talk about me coming out. Then we'll talk about movies to finish the episode off. So anyways, yeah, everyone sit back, do whatever you're doing, get some popcorn, whatever. And yeah, so let's, um, let's talk about, let's talk about drugs. Um, so the question that I get asked is like like I was saying earlier you know what do you do when you're in a situation where drugs are around you know should you do them should you not do them you know how much should you do whatever and let me just preface that I don't really recommend if you haven't been around that stuff at all to jump into anything crazy. Like I'm saying like set weed as a bar and really like, unless you really feel comfortable exceeding that never exceed it, you know, because that that's just a bar and, and what's below weed tobacco or really it's weed 
alcohol or maybe alcohol people say is above weed, but just there's like this tier of three, alcohol, weed, tobacco, stick in that tier. Um, to me, that's a big recommendation I can give. Really stick there. Okay, so when it comes to drugs, right, I'm going to give you three sort of mindset steps to to go through. All right, or kind of four, more three, kind of four. So first step one is that you want to make sure that it's genuinely something that you are interested in trying out and that you are not being peer pressured, that nobody is going to you and being like, dude, we got to do this. We got to do this when really deep inside of you don't want to do this, but they are making you feel like you have to, like it's a requirement in your life. Like you cannot proceed in your life without get intoxicating yourself, without feeling yourself with drugs, with alcohol, tobacco, weed, whatever the fuck. That is not the case. You do not have to do this. It is completely unhealthy if that is how you feel, and if you feel that in any sort of way, do not, do not take drugs or any sort of measure like that. It will only leave you with a bit of pain, you know, like that you're going to feel like you betrayed yourself. I did not have that experience with drugs specifically. I had that experience with other aspects of my life, which I feel like are important aspects, and I am not going to share them on the show at this at this point. Maybe it's a story for a different episode, but I'm just going to say you never want to put yourself in that scenario. Okay, number two, and number two is that, all right, you are comfortable doing them. You're not being peer pressured. This is something that you want to try out. Now, obviously, you don't have to take my word for it. You don't at all. But from, my, from what I've kind of figured out, from, from what I can recommend, um, and I cannot say that I have tried anything aside from um, what I call like sort of the safer tier. I don't think drugs are inherently safe at all there are bad qualities about them completely um i'd also like to say like i'm not counting stuff like caffeine as a drug that's technically a drug technically you drink coffee you're fucking doing drugs you know you you take medication you're fucking doing drugs i'm not counting that i mean like genuine like what you what you're going to take at a party you know you're not going to go to a party and see like a bunch of people sipping their coffee and being like, oh my God, dude, oh my God. Like, no, you're not going to see that. Maybe you'll see that on like Red Bull. But, you know, chances are you're going to find Red Bull mixed with alcohol. And that's the, that, that's the drug. Alcohol is the drug. It's not the caffeine, it's the alcohol. Um, so what I call the, the safer tier, alcohol, weed, tobacco. Now listen, if you are not, comfortable with doing any of those if you feel like you were being peer pressured into doing them please do not do them but if that is genuinely what you're comfortable with i strongly recommend just stay within that tier you know a lot of times i've heard stories just about how people that have done other things really like they they feel great after you know doing things like heroin like cocaine like whatever but then a few years down the line they regret it to high hell whether it be because that made them do some weird shit that then got recorded and you know put around and suddenly you know people don't like them because they like did these drugs and said stupid shit or like did stupid shit or whatever because they were on these drugs or just because um you know, they ended up getting addicted. And yeah, so what I can really, what I really advise is stay within those three. Again, alcohol, weed, tobacco. Now, 
moving on, moving on to step three is unless what you, what the, like the drugs are yours in the situation, right? Unless you are the one bringing, bringing stuff, um, and you didn't get them from someone else. Like you got them directly from like the box, from the container, whatever. Like they have not been touched by somebody else except like shipping and handling. You know, wait until other people have done them before you do them yourself. Say that there's like punch or something, right? With like alcohol in that. Wait until a few other people have had the punch see how like how drunk they're getting whatever because for all you know this punch this like lemonade whatever it's mixed with like everclear and everclear it's like fucking green alcohol it's used to set shit on fire but people mix it in like big drinks because it's a lot of alcohol like the alcohol percentage is insane um I don't know it off the top of my head. I think it's above 60% alcohol or something like that. So yeah, if you just like be careful because that stuff will get you really fucked up really quickly. And unless you are comfortable with that, then I highly suggest, you know, just waiting, waiting a little bit or, you know, look at carts, look at, you know, edibles, you know, weed brownies, anything like that. Those can be laced. So just wait a little bit, see a few other people try these edibles, see a few other people smoke these carts, right? And after, you know, half an hour to an hour, if they, if their effects, right, seem a little, like, just they don't seem that bad, you're seeing how they're acting, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm comfortable with me being like this, then fucking send it, dude fucking send it but don't go that far in because you don't want to green out or with alcohol you don't want to black out with tobacco from what i know tobacco products don't really get laced um i mean like once upon a time in hollywood i know that movie that had like acid cigarettes i've never seen that in my life before like in reality i'm sure that if you come across acid cigarettes, it will be clear that they are acid cigarettes. I doubt that they'll be like, you know, um, I doubt that the acid cigarettes will, um, like be disguised as regular cigarettes. Highly doubt something like that would happen to you. But yeah, just again, be careful. Watch other people take these drugs, let them take the risk you know, and once you see the effects on them, if you are cool with you being like that, send it, you know, send it. And I mean, my final tip, my final tip, and this isn't necessarily something where like, I think is that big of a deal. You know, like, in, and this doesn't really have to do with your first time doing things um, drug-related. This is more of a generalization, and that is don't own any. You know, don't, don't go out of your way to buy carts. Don't go out of your way to buy cigarettes or whatever for yourself. You know, try not to do that unless you are really not an addictive person at all. You know, like I know for me, I could never really own stuff like that just because like I I know I have an addictive personality because I've binge ate before. You know, I've, I've had that problem. I've gotten addicted to stuff like sugar, you know? So if I can't handle sugar or if I couldn't handle sugar, how the fuck can I handle alcohol how the how the fuck can i handle nicotine you know i know weed you don't really get addicted to as much but with weed it's more of a 
you start loving that feeling so much where you just keep doing it because you're like, I like being high more than I like being sober. So I'm going to do weed. And I guess technically people say like, oh, you can't get addicted to weed, but you can just get in a mindset where you'd rather be high than sober. And if you own a cart, if you own, you know, weed or whatever, you own edibles, you might be taking that stuff enough to a point where, hey, you know, you are not getting, you know, like you are not being sober that much in your life anymore. Um, so yeah, again, just like be cautious about own, owning stuff. Most of the people that I know that have owned stuff have ended up getting addicted in some sort of way. And that's a problem. You know, I, I don't mean to call anybody out, but that's the reality that it faces. And yeah, so really, you you want no harm? Don't own anything. That That's advice for you right there. Um, so, so yeah, that, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. Um, let's move on. Let us move on, fellas, to the second thing, second topic of today, that being what do you want to look for when you tour a college? You know, I think a big thing for me and my parents, not my parents, I think just like one of my parents, they aren't a big fan of this. But I'm like, why the hell aren't you a big fan of this? That being, look at how happy people are. If you're touring a college while can while it's in session, look at people's faces, see how happy they are. You know, get a feel of what's going on here. If people look generally unhappy, why the fuck do you want to go there? You know, you're just gonna be putting yourself through misery, all right? You're in college. You're going to be going to college. You ask people what the best years of their life were. You know what they say? Most of them say fucking college. So why do you want to waste that being unhappy? I get that you have dreams and aspirations of doing whatever you want to do, but college is supposed to be some of the best years of your entire life. So why waste that? You, you want to go to a school that you're happy at. I'm not saying go to like a party school. If you don't like that kind of stuff, don't go to a party school. But just go to a school where you know people are happy. You know, if you see something high, like if you see suicide rates are high, if you see that, you know, the, I think it's, it's literally a happiness rating or something like that. If you see that that's pretty low, really like put up the red flags start waving them at the school because like why do you want to go there if so many people are obviously unhappy why risk that you know you could be happy at the school 100% but do you really want to risk that you know and I know you can transfer out but that still means you're stuck at the school for a year Anyways, moving on um, to what else to look for on a tour. I mean, definitely try to see where your major is going to be housed in what building is your major going to be housed. Um, See what kind of benefits these buildings have. I know um, for a lot of the schools I've toured, um, I want to major in film. And film for most of these schools, does not have its own building. It is housed in a school of communications within the university or college I am touring. So, you know, look at your designated school within the university or college and really, like, look at the facilities, see just how you feel about it, and also be be a little nitpicky, you know? Like, if if you look around at schools and you see, like, all of them are doing one thing except, you know, one other school. Kind of be like, huh, why is this one school not doing that when all of the other schools are doing that? I feel like they're cutting corners. You know, that, that just doesn't make sense. And 
I think that in some cases it's reasonable, like the case of USC when you make your when you make a movie at USC, USC owns that. And that's something that on all of my tours at um film schools in California, they would all be like, "Hey, you make movies here, you get to own it." And that's like wink wink, nudge nudge. Fuck you USC. That's that's like their way of saying that, right? And really like really that's I'm not saying that it's bad that you own your own content at all. And if you really feel like that you need to own what you make, like a hundred percent, then yeah, you know, don't go to a school like USC. But USC has crazy, crazy resources. Spielberg and George Lucas have donated immensely to the school. They also have an insane amount of alumni. You know, like, and I'm I'm talking specifically about film here, but this is an example of just like, if there are other schools that are sort of picking at one school for not doing something that they are doing, or if you notice that one school is not doing something that all these other schools are doing, look into it and see why that is. So I remember um, after all of these tours at all these schools that were kind of like picking on USC for not letting you own your own film, I talked to a few USC students when I did tour USC and I was like, hey, like, how do you feel about not being able to own your own content? And all of them were saying how they didn't mind it, how you know, when people's films do really well and someone wants to buy it from USC, you still get a cut of it. It's not like USC is going to, you know, say, screw you and take the whole thing. You still get a cut of this film uh, when it gets sold. You're just not getting everything, which kind of makes sense. They are providing you the amazing facilities, the technology that no other school can provide you. Like, all the schools have state-of-the-art technology, all these film schools, but USC has state-of-the-art of state-of-the-art. Like, what they are going to have for you is on a whole other level um, than all the other schools. And that's, you know, something that you have to think about a little bit, you know? And... Also for me, you know, just because of just because the school has all the number one state of the art of the state of of the art tech and whatnot, you know, don't don't let that make you think, oh, I have to go to that school. That school has to be in my number one. Think about other factors. You know, think about the campus. Think about the student life. Again, think about the happiness. And um, something that really, what, what did raise a red flag for me about a school like USC was not the, oh, I can't own what I make at USC. It's the, oh, when going to extracurriculars, I cannot just show up. I have to apply. I have to apply and I have to go through an application process to get into these extracurriculars. Um, to me, that is a red flag there about USC and you'll see that in Ivy League schools and a lot of very prestigious schools when you want to do an extracurricular it is application based you cannot just walk in you must be accepted you know and that can be a little disheartening especially as a freshman I'm sure like going to school being like oh I'm, I'm here I've done it I've made it and then you realize oh now I need to apply to clubs you know like that that's just a little thing that a lot of people probably wouldn't be a big fan of like for me that's personally not like a downside immensely like getting into USC like oh my god that's getting into USC that's insane you know USC for film is like it's like Harvard you know like Yale like Harvard it's it's like that tier um in the realm of film but 
USC does not have to be my number one. But it also doesn't have to suddenly be at the bottom. You know, it, it like, just because there's some flaws, just kind of think about things. Balance them out a little bit. Does I hope what I'm saying is making sense because I'm I'm almost losing track of myself a little bit here. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I think that that was a really, really long, long ramble. And the other thing is just kind of think about location. Think about the type of people there. Look at the demographics. Um, and just think about like, all right, are you comfortable in this location? Are you happy with the weather? And look at the demographics. Are you happy with those demographics? Like, uh, I, I, sorry about that. Um, and if you are happy with all those things, then great. But just, just be sure. Be sure that you're comf- you are like comfortable in that type of environment, whatever environment your college, your prospective college slash university may be. And yeah, so that that wraps up my little college spiel. I mean, listen, I am not a pro on any of these things I'm talking about here, but I feel like I I just, I want to give my perspective. That way it's out there. That way hopefully it can help someone, someone. I hope what I've talked about has helped somebody, you know, at least one person. Um, and okay, so Let's dive in to the uh, final, you know, heavy, serious uh, topic of, of this episode. That being, you know, me coming out. That's a harder story for me to talk about, honestly. I, I, probably, uh, I probably should have planned out how I wanted to talk about this before the episode because this is th- this is a little heavier for me because I was just like, all right, I want to talk about it. I, w- I want to talk about it, but I didn't plan it out. And I, I do really, in hindsight, I really wish I did because fuck, um, suddenly after saying it, I got like very anxious. Um, so me coming out, I mean... I've had a genuine attraction for both um for both genders. I mean, really I say I'm bisexual. I'm probably pansexual. I just I'm still trying to understand and completely wrap my mind around, you know, um the development of, you know, more than just male female. And I, I'm totally open to it. I'm not trying to say I'm not open to it because I completely am. I am so happy that we are, are, as a society, becoming more accepting to more people. But my my perspective is just like, I want to be able to understand it more. And I want to know more people that aren't just cis. You know, I want to know more people that identify as something else that's not a man or a woman or I want I want to meet more you know people that identify as non-binary or some other pronoun or you know people that are transgender and kind of understand like the the thought process behind that because that's not a thought process that I have gone through in my life I've just gone through a thought process of what I am attracted to, attracted to, or sorry, I mean, more who I am attracted to. And in that case, I 100% know I am attracted to both men and women. <laughs> um, and I say that in full confidence at this point of my life. And I, I'm very happy to finally be able to say that in full confidence because for a really long time, I, I was not able to say that in full confidence. I was always like, uh, you know, gay sex is disgusting. And, you know, oh, like men, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
or like just like make jokes about like gay stuff or whatever when in reality deep down I kind of always knew I was like well that is how I am I just don't know how to tell people about it um or like I think that might be how I am because for a while for a while I was quite I was questioning I think I started questioning in elementary school because, you know, I'd had my fair share of crushes throughout, um, or not even elementary, I think maybe even younger. Um, but I'll, I'll just say elementary school because that's like the most concrete almost level where I feel like I was like really wrapping my mind around, like my brain was developed enough to realize I am not just attracted to women, unlike, you know, my dad, <laughs> um, as an example, because, like, at that point, like, someone like him was my role model in that way, or just, like, any sort of male actor or whatever, like, athletes and whatnot, like, they were all straight men, so I, I felt very different, and couldn't wrap my head around that until about elementary school. Because elementary school, I developed a full-fledged crush for, um, for a guy. And this was a crush that I was kind of on and off with for years. And it was deep down, but it was always there. I was always like, well, listen, if that guy ever seemed to not just be a straight person at all, like, amazing, you know, like, I will, I would date that guy in a heartbeat, like, that was my thought process, and I had that for a long, long time, but it was something that anytime it came up in my mind, I was not comfortable with it, you know, I was like, that's so disgusting, like, and I pushed it down, deep inside of me and just kind of let it sit there and I I didn't let myself you know embrace it you know I felt repulsed by myself for the longest time because I didn't have anybody in my life or at least I thought I didn't have anybody in my life who was not a straight person until I learned that my aunt, all those girl friends, like just friends who were girls that she'd been hanging out with, um, and that like she'd take us to restaurants with and whatnot, they weren't friends, they were partners of hers at the time. And that was my first realization, like, oh shit, this isn't something that like you'll see a little bit on like Twitter or, like, Reddit, or YouTube, or whatever, like, this is real, there are people like this, um, she was my first bit of exposure to that, and I am so, so grateful to have had that exposure, because I think that if I didn't, I would still be where I was, like, three years ago, but with her exposure, it became more normalized to me, and I started questioning it to a point where, um, summer after my freshman year I actually told someone about it and I told people I told one person I was bisexual and I told other people that I was questioning it because I didn't know how these people would react just about me questioning it I wanted to test the waters but this one person I trusted so much so fucking much and I thought if there's one person I'm going to tell about this it's going to be them they're going to react good and then I'm going to feel confident about it. And then I am going to tell the other people I told I was questioning that, no, I'm not actually questioning. I am bisexual. I just kind of wanted to get a feel for how you reacted to me saying that I am questioning. But the issue is, is that the one person I really trusted, I can tell. The one person who I was like, they are certainly going to be okay with this. They're going to be supportive, yada, yada, yada. They were not. Um... And that person was my girlfriend at the time. Kind of a girlfriend. Um, it was a weird s circumstance. I can't remember exactly anymore, like, if we were actually dating or if we were, like, friends with benefits, whatever the fuck we were. But, you know, my, my partner at the time. 
she um, didn't react well. She heard me say this and then started assuming that me being attracted to men meant that whenever I was with her in a physically physical way, I was picturing a man. You know, like any time I kissed her, you know, I was thinking I was like kissing Brad Pitt, you know, rather than kissing her or like whatever the hell. Um, that was how she reacted to it. And let me be clear, I was a rising sophomore. She was a rising freshman. So us being so young, especially like she, like she was a rising freshman, you know, and I, I don't think that she's that kind of a person now. I'm not saying that that's how she is now, but when you are that young, sometimes it's hard for you to wrap your mind around that kind of stuff and be able to understand it in a mature way. And obviously at the time, she was not able to understand it in a mature way at all, which I was not expecting because I thought that she would have been able to, but she didn't, and I wish I expected that. Um, but yeah, I didn't at all. I thought that it was going to go great. I thought that it was going to go off without a hitch. She would react positively and then I'd tell my other friends about it. And that at this point in my life, I would be far beyond where I actually am now. You know, like where I am now, I was hoping I'd be going into sophomore year. But instead, I'm here going into my senior year, two years delayed. Um, and that's because that once she reacted this way, I closeted myself back up for a year and a half, pretty much. And again, I, I want to preface, I'm not saying that this is who she is as a person now. I am saying that this is who she was as a person then. This is how she reacted. And it's a fact. Um, because at one point she, um, apparently like I, I had a different ex-girlfriend who I told the story and then told it to this first ex-girlfriend as I was saying that she was homophobic, like as a, she was still a homophobic person, but I didn't mean to say it in that way. I meant to say it in a way of this is how she reacted then. I don't know how she is now. I don't give a fuck about how she is now. That's explicit, but honestly, I could give less of a fuck. I could give less of a shit, you know? Um, I'm just going to be blunt about it. So anyways, um, after this, I didn't mention my sexuality or anything like that, like at all, to anybody after she reacted this way. Until... Um, until last, no, not December, uh, last January or February, I think it was, I think February, Uh, yeah, I think, I think it was February, because what I remember was I, I told one friend who I knew was bi, I knew he was already by, he was already coming out, you know, like had already came out. And I actually want to bring him on this podcast at some point. And I told him because I was like, well, I want to get a good reaction. You know, I want to, I want to get somebody to just like react well. And I want to just be like, do you have like any, like, I wanted to ask him, like, how did you come out to people? Or I, I think I asked him something like that. I can't completely remember. Um, I think I told him I was pan at the time, actually. And again, I probably am pan, but I'm more comfortable with saying I'm bi just because I am not fully well-versed in, you know, the new gender norms. And I don't want to, you know, say I am attracted to something that I just don't you know know about yet because I I I don't completely have my mind understanding the difference between um you know certain genders and I I want to be able to understand that before saying that I am attracted 
to um say like non-binary people like if you see a non-binary person who biologically what um biologically is male or biologically is female i want to be able to associate that person as a non-binary person rather than be like in the back of my mind still associating them as their biological sex you know um so i once i am in that mindset then I will comfortably say I am pansexual. But for now, I'm still just going to say I am bisexual because of that. Um, so yeah, and I hope, I, I, I hope that's not an offensive thing. I hope that's not. I don't think it is, right? I, 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 I don't think that's a bad thing. Um... But that that is my mindset, and if that is a bad thing, I am very sorry. But um, <laughs> th- th- that's my mindset. So, anyways, I tell I tell my bi friend, he reacts well, gives me a little bit of advice. So I think the second person I tell is my um was my girlfriend at the time, and so this is the girlfriend who told my first ex girlfriend, um that I was calling her homophobic and stuff. So I tell her this story and she's totally cool with it. Or no, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. It was that she was totally cool with it. And I thought that was super hot. And it was like, oh, a girl who I like is cool with me not being straight. Uh, sorry, that's like a hiccup. Um, it's cool with me not being straight. Oh my God, that's so hot. I have to date them now. That was my response to um to her being cool with me not just being a cis white guy and that was an unhealthy response on my end like an unhealthy reaction and I wish I knew that at the time but I didn't and I ended up dating her and that was a whole mess something that I can talk about in a future episode but anyway so I tell her about it she's cool with it then I tell um, my, uh, my friend Thomas about it, and he was he was so chill about it. And then, see, so yeah, Thomas was the third person I told about it. Then I tell told um, I wanted to call my aunt. I remember after Thomas, I was like, "I'm gonna call my aunt," and then I I leave him, and I'm sitting in my car for thirty minutes. I remember it was like 30 minutes. I was procrastinating it, calling my aunt about it. Because I was like, oh, I don't really want to annoy her or whatever. Even though when I did eventually tell her like a month ago, she reacted so positively. And we had really good conversations about it. And she was super, super helpful. Um, and I knew that she'd be okay with it. I don't know why I was afraid to tell her. But again, it's perfectly okay to be afraid. You know, it's something that if you were if you grow up in an, envir- in an environment where it's not completely normal and accepted to not be a cis person, it's okay to feel a little uncomfortable when you tell people that that's just not how you identify. And you, even if they themselves are not a cis person. So, yeah, I had a hard time actually like being able to tell her then but I did call my other friend Marius and I told him I was like hey like a dude I'm bisexual and he was like uh, I was like I hope you don't really see like a difference or whatever and he was like yeah no I'm totally chill um then I think like just I told a few other people it was just like yeah I'm like bisexual whatever um and they're like oh that's so cool so like I kept getting like good reactions and it felt great and then I told my mom and I don't know if my mom's listening to this right now. I love you, mom. But her reaction really hurt. Because her reaction was, I, I remember the exact wording. It was, so you want to kiss boys? It was that. That was what she said. And I felt so disheartened. I just kind of did my best to kill the conversation where it was standing and drop it. And I didn't bring up my sexuality to her um, 
for a while after that. And I, she now knows. She now knows that I am bisexual and is okay with that. It's just that she reacted negatively at first because it was very unexpected. You know, it was something where I hadn't, like, she had no idea. You know, she had no inkling of a thought that I wasn't straight just because she was used to me having all these girlfriends and sometimes I would like have a girl over at the house or go out for hours and not come home until really late because I was hanging out with a girl or whatever. So she was just so used to that where once I was telling her, oh, I'm also actually into dudes as well. She was like, what? So you want to kiss them? So you want to be with them? And I was like, yes, but it's very hard to tell. Like, in my mind, mind, I was like, yes, but I just felt so uncomfortable. I couldn't actually say it. So after that kind of a reaction, yeah, I dropped it with her for a while. I think this was in, like, February, and I told her it again in July. So, yeah, now now she knows, though. Now she knows. And, yeah, I mean, any time it comes up now, I'm able to tell people that I'm bisexual. And if there aren't, like, if if you are listening to this right now and you know me personally and you did not know I was bisexual until you listened to this, well, now you know. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm going to go out of my way to send out a newsletter and be like, hey, I'm bisexual. But just like, if it comes up in conversation where like stuff like sexuality or whatever is the topic, chances are I'll bring up like that I'm bisexual in that. And my reason for not like telling people now at this point is just because I'm not going to like go to my way and wear on my sleeve. Bisexual. Like, no, I'm a human being just like everyone else. And I don't think I need to, like, preface that. You know, that feels wrong. Um, and if you didn't know and f- you feel differently about me as a human being now, well, fuck you. That's all there is to say. Yeah, fuck you. If if, if that's that hard to handle, all right. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's no time for that. You know, I mean, I get it that, like, some people are still adjusting to that, but if you can't accept that someone that you know sexually identifies as something other than straight, all right, then you need to go and spend a lot of time getting used to society because this is just going to become so much more normalized. And it's it's not really because, you know... I I don't think that there's suddenly a lot more people that identify as LGBTQ plus uh, now as there ever used to be. Like, I don't think that's a product of, um, you know, just new people being born that way or whatever. It's just like the fact that it's become more accepted in society and therefore more people feel comfortable comfortable with that like if you've ever watched an oj simpson documentary they talk about oj's dad and how oj's dad was gay and that was a whole big scandal you know i would never in a million years come out as a bisexual human being if it was going to be a big scandal i'm sorry but i just never would um it would be so under wraps so under wraps like, in my mind, it'd be like, oh, this guy's attractive, this guy's attractive, whatever. But, um, you know, like, now, at this point, I'm, I feel comfortable with it. And it's funny, like, I've, I've become so comfortable with it, like, even in my mind, I feel more comfortable about it, which is really, really nice to have. Like, never before was I able to, like watch movies and be like, God, like, this guy is really hot, and, like, leave a movie and be like, feel like the attractive people I saw weren't necessarily women, they were men. Like, I never used to be able to do that, but now I'm like, it's like eye candy. 
which is kind of sick. Like it, <laughs> you go, you go into something like a movie now as me, and like everything's eye candy, you know, like bullet train, you had Brad Pitt and like Zazie beats. And then like Ryan, I almost spoiled the cameo. Um, but certain cameo where he's in it for like one shot, but sheesh, that that's a very well made one shot, um, or well done one shot, but yeah, so that's just like how it is, right? And I'm I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy. I'm able to comfortably be able to say that I am bisexual and that makes me very happy and I hope that other people can get there too if they aren't already so anyways if you do not want to hear me now um going a little spiel about movies this is where I suggest uh you take off um so yeah thank you for tuning in to those people and and yeah, I'm going to spiel about movies now. So last Friday, I went and I saw two movies. I saw Bullet Train at 7 o'clock in IMAX. And then I saw Nope by Jordan Peele. And so let's just get Bullet Train out of the way. Bullet Train is filled with gorgeous people. <laughs> um... I was just like looking at it and I was just like wow like it's it, it's a nice looking movie actually about the movie it's really fun action I thought the action was done uh really well I think the comedy for me landed especially Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry their two characters uh Lemon and Clementine or sorry Lemon and Tangerine hilarious absolutely hilarious those two um probably the best part of the movie was those two but Pitt was a really good action lead uh, I think the action itself was really well done it was nice it was stylistic or a, a little bit stylistic you know it, again it's it's fun action and um and I think when you want to go see a movie like Bullet Train, that's part of it, especially when, like, you don't have a John Wick coming out this year, you don't have a Mission Impossible or James Bond or something like that. Like, this is the big kind of fun action movie of the year. And it's Bullet Train. And I think Bullet Train does well. I think it's it may, might be a little too funny for some people personally, I think that bullet train was great for me because I saw that and then I saw Nope, <laughs> um, which are very drastically different. So, yeah, I mean, bullet train, I gave it a solid 7 out of 10. I know a lot of people didn't really like bullet train. They thought it wasn't really for them. They thought it was too funny or they didn't really think the action was great or... They thought that the plot was too convoluted or something like that. I honestly felt it was pretty simple because it, it all took place in one setting, mostly. And I would say if this plot, if, if there was a plot that was like this that took place in multiple settings, then you get confused. But because this plot really takes place on one train, it simplifies one of the aspects of a movie about you, and that's keeping up with where a character is. So in that case, I think that this movie did a good job. I mean, the only time that you had to keep up with where characters were were at the beginning and end. And you all, and like in flashbacks, characters weren't you know, going to be on the train every single time in a flashback. But aside from that, you know, like everything's on the train, which I think is, is really, is really good. The one big complaint is like, there's something at the end, a person's revealed and it's supposed to be some cool moment. And it's just, it doesn't land at all. 
Like, not at all. They try making it some cool moment. It's not a cool moment. Um, I just kind of wish that the characters showed up and they didn't, like, suddenly try to add some stuff in to play it up. Because, like, there was no mystery about who this person was. Like, we didn't know who the person was, but there was never mystery about it anyways. So it was just like, well, what was the point of you suddenly trying to make it look like it's some big deal that there's a face behind the voice, you know? And if you've watched a movie, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, 7 out of 10. And finally, finally is nope oh my god nope is the i i need to sit on it a little longer but it is the third or fourth best movie i've seen this year it comes it comes short of everything everywhere all at once and the batman but but it is really tossing up with me with Top Gun Maverick. That and Top Gun Maverick and Nope are like are like that. They are flip-flopping in my mind right now and I'm just like, uh like which one? Like I'm leaning towards Top Gun. I think Top Gun is excellent. It's exquisite, but so is Nope, man. Nope is fantastic. Jordan Peele, this is probably his best movie, honestly. I think Nope might be better than Get Out. And the cinematography, something about Jordan Peele movies has been that when it comes to the cinematography, it kind of takes a backdrop. A lot of it is about the plot and the suspense and things like that. And the cinematography, it's it's nothing crazy. You know, it's just kind of bare bones whatever but here in nope the cinematography is a whole different experience than anything that you've ever really felt before it's 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 like the batman in that sense where like i when watching the batman i felt like that cinematography was different than anything i'd ever felt before it's like that, but it's a different kind of cinematography. It's not like it's the same at all. It's because of like these shots that go up towards the sky and the way the camera moves, the way it lingers on certain shots, it is it's eerie and it's beautifully, beautifully crafted. Every single shot really, of this film is gorgeous in one way or another. And I think that it's satirical commentary on always having to document stuff, always having to, you know, get stuff out on social media. Like, it's fantastic. And the way that it is solved at the end the way it's resolved at the ending at the ending i think is incredible and beautiful i know that there's other themes that are interwoven into this it's not just the one satire but that's the bit that i felt the most on my first viewing now the second this goes to vod i am going to be watching this again i don't think i'm going to watch it in the theaters again just for the sake of saving some money because I see a lot of movies again in the theater when that that adds up, man. It it adds up. It's not fun. So I don't think I'm going to do it for nope for the sake of saving myself from myself. But nope is incredible. And it possesses... It's not a horror movie. It's more of a thriller... But the scary moments of this, one of them in particular, is the scariest scene in a movie I have seen in my entire life. I have not watched too, too many horror movies. I'm not too familiar with horror. But this one scene, and you might, if you've seen it, you might know what I'm talking about. It's around the middle of the film. 
it's it's like you know tail end of the second act ish um it is it i i don't even know words are not are not enough <laughs> sorry i'm tired um words are not enough to describe the horror I felt within my veins. It was ingrained within me, this immense sense of terror like I've never felt in my entire life. I kid you not. So, yeah. Go and see Nope. And also, unlike the comedy in Bullet Train, where the comedy is all over the place, whatever, like, Nope, the comedy is scattered. And when it's but when it's there, it's probably the best comedy in a narrative film so far this entire year. The funny moments are the yeah, the funniest moments uh, in film this entire year and that makes sense. Jordan Peele is fucking hilarious. But his mind is also obviously fucking terrifying. But yeah, anyways, go and see Nope. If you want a fun action movie, go and see Bullet Train. And yeah, with with that being it, I will catch you guys all in the next episode. Safe, safe out there, folks.